Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7, 13 and 14. We're going to look at those verses today. <clears throat> Last uh, few weeks we've been looking at um, the portion of the Lord's uh, Sermon on the Mount where he talks about asking and seeking and knocking, that ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. All very positive things, but you know we, we need to fall in line with, with uh, his uh, will and, and uh, this idea of knocking on the doors we looked at last week, and I just love that because it's action, it's doing something. Yeah, we pray, we ask God, and he'll answer us. We seek his face and we will find him. But then it says to knock on the doors. And so we got to get up off our rear end and, and go knocking on the doors, seeing what God would have for us in this world. How he would answer the prayers that we've been praying. Because sometimes we just pray and then we just sit at home waiting for an answer. And yet the answers are out there and he wants us to get out there and do something. We also saw that uh, action is also found in the golden rule, do to others what you would have them do to you. That it's, it's action. It's taking initiative, and that it comes back to us, yes, but we have to be the first. We take steps. We do to others what we would have them do to us. Today, I want to look at the, the next two verses there, verses 13 and 14, the, the two ways, the two gates. And one leads to life, it says, and one leads to destruction, but there are only two. Jesus didn't say there were many, many roads. He says there are only two roads. One leads to life and one leads to destruction. Let's read the verses, uh, verses 13 and 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Two gates, you see that there? Very easy to focus on these, these, uh, the meaning of these two verses here. There's two gates leading to two roads, leading to two destinations. And that's pretty much it. It's the summary of it all. Two gates, two roads, and two destinations. There's a narrow gate, he says, and there's a wide gate. There's a, a narrow road and a broad road. There's life and there's destruction. Simple, he says. But is it really so simple? Is it really so simple for us? Now, we have to put this into practice. We have to apply it. We have to say, well, what does that mean for me in this life? In this life on this planet that God has put us here for uh, 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or who knows how many years. We don't know how many years we have. But today we have. We've seen Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble, but so on. Today we have to consider and listen to God's word and look at and these words and say, well, how does that apply to me? Jesus says here, enter through the narrow gate. So we start at the gate. Some have looked at it differently, but, but I believe Jesus here, he starts at the gate and then it goes to the road and then it goes to the, to the destination. You start at the gate. You've got to start at the gate. And he says that we must enter through the narrow gate. He says it's a narrow gate, first of all. Let's look at that and think about that. It's a narrow gate, and this is the gate that leads to life, leads to the narrow road, the narrow gate, narrow road, and life, which is, no, is not narrow by any means whatsoever. But it's a narrow gate. He says it's just a small gate. 
This, this idea, you know, that there are many paths that lead to God, that is like a lie. It's a total lie. Don't ever let anybody tell you that's the truth. Well, you know, you take whatever way, and, and I'll take whatever way, and we'll all get there in the end. That's a lie. I trust Jesus more than I trust some, uh, you know, person who just made that up. I, I trust God the Son and the revelation of God and His Word to you and me that says there are two gates. There's a narrow gate and there's a wide gate. So he says we need to enter through the narrow gate, which means, obviously, that we're not automatically in the narrow gate, right? We're not automatically on that path. We're not automatically going to heaven, to life. We need to enter there. The truth of it is, is that we are automatically on the other path and the other gate going to the other destination. That's where we are automatically. That's where we are by default, if you want to use a computer terminology. Forgive me for that. We're already on the wide path. We're already going down that just by nature of our sinful nature. We're already, we're already going that way. We're already heading that direction. We're already heading for that destination, you see. So Jesus says you need to enter through the narrow gate. You need to enter through the narrow gate. There's only one gate that leads to life. There's only one way. And you say, well, narrow. He keeps saying that word. No, that's kind of narrow-minded, isn't it? And, and how many of you had people say that to you? That's kind of narrow-minded. But it's not narrow-minded. It's narrow reality. It's narrow the truth. This is the way. This is the truth. It's the only way that we're going to find to life. There's no other way to get there. Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said this, that, I tell you the truth. He says, I am the gate for the sheep. He says, all who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. He said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. I am the gate. He says, I am the gate. He is the gate. He is the way. Later in John chapter 14, verse 6, a verse we all have heard many, many times before Jesus answered. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said. So when other people say, well, there are many ways and many avenues and many you know, paths and all the rest of this, well, you have to say, well, but that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said he was the only way. And, and so, does, you know, what do you do with that? You say, and, and I like what, you know, some of the apologists have said, you know, he's either, he's either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he's Lord and he really is who he says he is. And so, do we want to take, you know, who do we want to take a chance with? Some other people out there or Jesus Christ who came and gave his life and was resurrected from the dead in power, the Son of God, God the Son. Is that the one that we want to follow? This is what he says. I don't, know, I don't know each of you here today. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know if you've come to this place where you have entered through that gate. You must enter through the gate of Jesus Christ. There is no other way. Do not take communion today if you have not entered that gate. Because you're just, it's just a ritual. But as you come and if you have entered, and, and you can enter today right here and right now if you have not then you can come and partake of communion as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Look with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. It says there in verse 24... Let's look at verse 23 first. Someone asked him, that is Jesus, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? And he said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, sir, open the the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. That's pretty serious business, isn't it? That's pretty serious words. He says, if, you know, make every effort, do whatever you can. And, and we, we've already seen where he says, seek and you will find. I don't think he's hiding from us. And for everyone whose heart truly is uh, sincere about getting to know him, it's not about a ritual. It's not saying a magic prayer. It's having a knowledge, knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's it. There's nothing else to it. But you need to know him as Lord and Savior. You need to know him. You need to have a relationship with him. He says, he says that he will answer, I don't know you. I don't know where you come from. But there comes a point in time when, when the door, it's, it's, it's too late. It's too late at some point in time for each one of us. I'm not saying that it's here in this life. It may be if we harden our hearts so hard that you know, we, you know, we will never turn to him and God forbid that that would ever happen. But certainly at the point of our death, it's too late then. It's too late, and we don't know the day of our death. So he says, make every effort, and, and, and I, my extrapolation of that is that we need to make every effort today to enter through that gate, to know that we've gone through that narrow door, that narrow gate. And we know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says that there's no other name given under heaven by which men must be saved. There's no other name given. Let's turn back to Matthew chapter 7. He says there in verse 13 that wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. There is another gate. But again, there are only two that Jesus gives to us. But there is this other gate, and it's a gate that, that, that opens to another road to leads to a different destination, two different roads, two different destinations, two different gates. But he says this gate is, is just wide. It's broad. And like, and like I said, we're, we're already on that. We've already gone through that. Coming into this world, we enter and we go through that gate, believe it or not. That's what it is. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all, the, the penalty for sin is what? Yeah. Is death. And not just the death in this life, but eternal separation. So this road is broad. It can fit all of our baggage. It can take everything and anything. This, this giant wide, wide road. We can just go on it easy. It's easy. One commentator says the signs along this wide avenue read, Welcome to each of you and to all your friends. The more the merrier. Travel as you wish and as fast as you wish. There are no restrictions. However, he says, the way of the wicked will perish. We can do whatever we want to do on this wide road and just, it's just, a, you know, it's just wide open, whatever, anything. 
Whatever you think goes. Whatever you want to do goes. It's just, it's just wide open and, and it's, it's easy. Let's just go that way. It's easier to go that way than to go a different way. He says many are going that way. And, you know, we don't really like to be set apart from the crowd, do we? But we like to just, you know, we, we kind of want to fit in. We don't want to be different. We don't want to be looked at and ostracized and maybe persecuted because you're one of those Jesus freaks, because you're going a different way than everybody else is. You're marching to a different beat, a different drummer. But, but you know what? The crowd, if you just want to follow along the crowd, where's the crowd going? Where's the destination? Jesus said there's a, a huge crowd going that way. But which way are they going? And where is the destination? The path leading to destruction, he says. They're all doing it, though. They're all going that way, though. But he says that it leads to death. We're already on that broad way. It takes no effort, no change. We've got these two destinations, death or life. In the Proverbs, it says this, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. There is a way that seems right. It's like, well, it seems like this is a good way. Got a lot of friends going. I hate to hear when people say, you know, all my friends are going to be there. Oh, God forbid that that's the attitude we have. All my friends will be there in destruction and ruin and separation and weeping and mourning and gnashing of teeth. It's what the Bible kind of language Bible uses. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death, to separation from God. In Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 8, it says that God will punish those. It says, He will punish those who do not know Him or know God and do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of His power. Shut out forever. Everlasting destruction. Not annihilation now. There is a difference. Not just, boom, it's over, but everlasting destruction, everlasting separation. And I truly believe that one of the worst, if not the worst thing about being in what we call hell is being separated from God and knowing it for eternity. Separated from God and knowing it for eternity. But is that what God wants? Is that what God's desire is? It's definitely not for God so loved the world. He sent His only begotten Son. Ezekiel, the Lord says, As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, He says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. He says, Turn, turn from your evil waves. Why will you die, O house of Israel? God's heart has always been that we would turn to Him and find that road, that, that light. Why, why, why is Jesus giving us this very clear instruction? Because he wants us to know and he wants us to go on that path that leads to life. He wants us to have life. He says here in these verses in verse 14, For small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Small, narrow, that leads to life. But those that do find it, though there, there are not many, those that do find it, 
He promises that we would have life now, and He promises that we will have life eternal. Not just eternal life, but life now. He says in John 10, 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full or have it abundantly. He, he calls and he, and he offers to us life now. He says in John 17, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life that we would know him. But I want you to turn with me in, in Psalm 16. First of all, Psalm 16, verse 11. One of, one of the Psalms of David. Speaking uh, in the context, uh, prophetically, of course, about the Savior who was not... Uh, uh, to stay in the grave and that he would not see decay and that he would rise from the dead. But the promise is also there for us. He says in verse 11, You have made known to me the path of life, David says. He said, You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. He's made known to you and to me the path of life. And we know now with the, with the New Testament giving it very clearly to us is that the path of life is Jesus Christ. The gate, the path, he says he's the way, the truth, and the life. It, it's found in Jesus Christ, not in any other. I, I had a phone call this week. A fellow was asking me about Jehovah's Witnesses. And, and I said, you know, the, 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 the biggest thing that, that cults and, and false religions do is they change and they twist who Jesus Christ is and what he came to do. That's, that's, that's where it all, they all go wrong. Because if they have that right, they might you know, have some other things that are maybe a little strange, a little weird. But if they, if they know that Jesus Christ is the way to salvation that we, we get through only by him or whatever, then you know, maybe we can disagree about other things, perhaps. But when they twist that, Jesus Christ is just a man. He had a lot of wisdom, but he was just a man, just a created you know, man, just whatever. Watch out. No, Jesus Christ, the path of life. He says, you will fill me with joy in your presence and with eternal pleasures at your right hand. God has a plan and a purpose for us in its eternity. Turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And again, some very familiar verses, but, but it's good to read them and, and good to look at them together as we, as we uh, study God's word together. John 14 and verse 1, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me, Jesus says. He says, In my Father's house are many rooms. The King James Version says mansions. We'll have to wait till we get there. But he says, If it were not so, I would have told you. He says, I am going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am, in the very presence of God. He's preparing a place for you and for me. The only way to get there, the only way to know is, is, is what he says just a few verses later, the verse we already quoted, that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through him. 
He's got a place. He's preparing a place for you and for me. I, I, I look forward to that. I've been listening to this uh, Hillsong CD, Faith, Hope, and Love, and the, the last song on the, the, the CD is about heaven. And, and you know what? It, it's a hope. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God that, that, that it isn't all just here. There's a future. There's a hope. That doesn't mean that we can't enjoy our lives here. Because I think we should. We read Ecclesiastes. He says we need to enjoy what God has given us today. But that's not all there is. Because this life still, Jesus promised. He says there's going to be tribulations, trials, and troubles in this life. But, but be of good cheer because I have what? Overcome the world. Small is the gate, he said. Narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. There's many, many going one way. You know, it would be nice to think that, you know, you know, the majority of people are on that way, but the majority are not willing to bend the knee to Jesus Christ. Paul said in Philippians that one day every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We either do it now or we do it then. But then, as I said, it's too late. So... The majority have decided, you know what, I, I, I don't want to bend my knee to Jesus Christ. I don't want to accept him. I don't want to receive him. I'd rather just do what I need to do. It's maybe even interesting talking about Jesus. I talked to my wife last night, and, and she was at one of her sister's house, uh, sister's house, and, uh, you know, they were all talking about, excuse me, the end of the world and when Jesus is going to come back. And, and they all have this sort of knowledge about it, but, but, but none of them are, are, have, have surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ to live for him, to go through that gate and believe in him and, and serve him and live him in this world. But they can talk. We can talk and talk and talk. And I, and I, I say, well, you better start preaching. Come on, Paula, you, you can do it. And she said, you know, I'm going to get into a big, you know, this is going to turn ugly here. Because they all think it's, everything is fine. Pray for them. She has a heart for them. I don't know what happened after I spoke with her. Many going down that road. I was thinking about this idea. We got the two gates, the two paths, and the two destinations. And I, and I was thinking about people and, and that, you know, the the. the possibility for any one of us that maybe we've gone through the gate maybe we've truly believed in jesus christ as our lord and savior and and we we have received salvation eternal life but then somehow some way we're, we've kind of like drifted back and we're kind of going down that wide path again we know him in our hearts but but we're going down this path and you say how could that be how could that be? But that, that does happen, doesn't it? Because it's the easy path. Hebrews talks about drifting, where we just, do, we just don't do anything. If you don't do anything, things break down. If you don't make any effort, you start to wander down a certain path. Make every effort, he says, and make every effort to continue to stay following and living the life. So it's possible to go through the gate, I believe, but yet be living a different way. So what do we do? We need to turn around. That's why repentance, you know, is like turning, turning around, going a different direction, turning 180 degrees. The prodigal son did, didn't he? 
says that he came to his senses and he turned around and he went back home. I think there are some too who, who possibly they don't know much. They've never really, they've never really given their lives to Jesus Christ, but yet they're trying to go down this path. They're trying to walk, they're trying to live for God, but but yet they've never surrendered their lives to him. And 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 and, and the, the end is still destruction if you don't, if you haven't gone through the gate. You need to go through the gate first. But the truth is, is that you go through the gate, there's a, there's a gate and there's a path or a road and then there's a destination. And really, the, the gate and the path, they really should be consistent. Right? You know what I mean? We go through the gate, uh, turning our lives over completely to Jesus Christ, but we, the, the path we are on, the road we are on, should be consistent with that gate that we've gone through. We can't walk on two roads, someone said, in two different directions at the same time. It's not possible. One commentator said this, this difficult life is the only life worth living. Follow him. If you choose the easy way, you'll have plenty of company, but you will miss God's best for you. If you've truly gone through that gate and you truly are born again by the blood of Jesus Christ, and you end up on the other road, you're, you're not going to lose your salvation for that. But you will miss God's best for you. And there will be no fruit in your life. And there will be no rewards for this time of your life. You're, you're just, you know, just wasting what God has given to you, to me. So we have these choices in our lives. And you know, we've got the two gates and we've got the two roads and the two destinations. First comes the gate and we, we have to make a decision. If, if we hear the gospel of who Jesus Christ is, that he came and that he loves us, that he gave his life upon the cross to pay for the, the sin of mankind, for my sin, that he was buried, that he rose from the dead. He says, you, this is how you enter in and you begin a relationship with him. You ask him into your life. To, to as many as believed and received, to them he gave the power to become children of God. First the gate, we got to make the decision. Maybe you haven't made that decision yet. Maybe today is the day for you. And then the life, the road that leads to life, narrow. Are we willing to be different? That's a question we all need to ask ourselves. Are we willing to be different or do we just go along with the flow of the whole world? Are we willing to be different? You know, the world is all doing this. The world is all watching that. The world is all going here. The world is all, are we, do we, are we just going to go down because everybody else is? Or are we willing to stand up and say, you know what, I, I can't do that. The destination, life, or death, or destruction. Which gate have you, have you and I gone through? Well, we automatically, like I said, are gone through one, but have we made a decision to go through the right gate? Which path are we on? I think of uh, this song, Stairway to Heaven, like the, the most famous rock song of all time, right? And I looked it up and I read the words, you know, and I grew up, you know, hearing all that stuff too, and it was real trippy. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I read the words, and, and, you know, it says she's buying a stairway to heaven, and most of the lyrics, they make no sense. 
You know, a lot of songs from that era make no sense because, you know, <laughs> Lucy in the Sky with Diamond, what, you know, it doesn't make any sense, but you had to kind of be there, I think. <laughs> and not really be there. But interesting, I found this in the middle of that song that, that says this, and this is, you'll, you can go read it for yourself, too. You get your old Led Zeppelin um, vinyl LP out. And he says, yes, there are two paths you can go by, but in the long run, there's still time to change the road you're on, and it makes me wonder. Man, where'd that come from? He's probably talking about something else, but whatever. (laughs) But the truth is, you can't buy your way to heaven. She's buying a stairway to heaven. You can't buy your way in. There's no way to get in except through Jesus Christ. You know, if there's a such thing as a toll road, he paid the toll. You know, the, they raised the prices going to Newport now. I'm never going there again. <laughs> I can't afford it. But if you have that little thing in your, you know, in the windshield, you just zip right through. I don't know who pays that, but... But... You know, that's what we need. We need the little thing on our windshield or we're not getting through. And that's the cross of Jesus Christ. That's what we celebrate communion today, the cross. He paid the toll. All throughout the Old and New Testament, we're faced with these kinds of of issues, life and death decisions. Moses said in Deuteronomy 30, he says, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. He says, now choose life. He said before you all these things, but he says, choose life. He goes on to say, and I'm, I'm uh, just giving you some high points. Just read the whole chapter is incredible. He says, for the Lord is your life. He says, I'm, what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. He says, no, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart, so you may obey it. It's right here. Paul repeated that idea and, in, in his writings as well. It's right here. You don't have to get on a stairway to heaven and march up the stairs to get there. No, it's right here. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Joshua says, you know, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. you got to choose who you're going to serve. He says, but as for me and my household, what? We will serve the Lord. you got to choose. Jeremiah, he says, this is what the Lord says. See, I am setting before you the way of life and the way of death. you got to choose. But Jesus said, if anyone, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Paul says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We beg you. Turn your life to God. Be reconciled to Him. And then in the very last chapter of Revelation, it says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Whoever, he says, is thirsty, let him come. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you... Excuse me, there's a thirst in your heart, in your life for the truth, for life. Maybe you already have made that decision. You've come through the gate. 
but your, your, your life is kind of like you've, you've kind of wandered a little bit and you, and you need to like renew that, that dedication to, to follow Jesus Christ. Follow me, he says. Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. There's a message uh, Jim prayed it for each one of us uh, that God has for each one of us. Where are you today with the gates, with the paths, and most importantly, with the destinations? Where are you? I'm not going to, you know, say, well, you need to do this and you need to do that because it's something that's between you and God and you, you do, you know, have that choice to make. But it's between you and Him. And, and you know where you are in this life. And so we're going to take a few minutes. We're going to pass out the communion. And, and before we do that, I'm just going to pray and give you an opportunity to simply say, Jesus Christ, if you've never entered that gate, to say, Jesus I'm ready. Today is the day for me. I want to come in. I want to be on that path with you so that you might partake of this communion. And, and, and for you, if, if you're in a different situation, whatever it is, say, God, here am I. What do you want to do? How are you going to deal with maybe this chaos that's inside of me? That stuff is going on and I need you. I need your help today. Let's pray and we'll take a few minutes and, and then we'll, we'll pass out the communion after that. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we stop and as Marty prayed, we, we quiet our hearts before you. We still our hearts and we say, Lord, here we are. And we're we're in one camp or the other. We're on one path or the other. We've gone through one gate or we're already gone through the other. And Lord, we humble ourselves before you. And, and perhaps today is the day where we bow the knee and say, Jesus Christ, you are Lord. If that's you today, you, you can do that right now. Don't wait. Simply say, Jesus, I believe in you. And I receive you into my life. I want to know you. You are the rock of my salvation today. If that's you, simply pray. Simply give your heart to him. Sincerely, true, truly, truthfully. You don't need to be perfect. There's no perfect people. There's no, no perfect person. You're never going to get there that way. There's no stairway. It's a, it's a gate and it's called Jesus. And Lord, for some of us, maybe we're wandered off the path and we're kind of just drifting down the narrow, the, the wide and broad way. But you're calling us to, to get serious, to get real. And, and for some of us, we, we have to stop and say, Lord, help me. Maybe come to our senses like the prodigal did and, and just start to head back. And what a joyous thing when he saw his father there watching for him and you're watching and waiting for us and you throw your arms around us and weep and rejoice for your son and your daughter has come home God we prepare our hearts before you in Jesus name